This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 548, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. Welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 548. My name is Ron Richards, and I'm here with Josh Flanagan. Hello. Hello. Delay. <laughs> it, was a, it, was a, it was a dramatic pause, but I see that oh, some, sometimes on Skype, it feels like there's a technical issue, so I apologize for that. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. Uh, yes, yeah, so I am broadcasting from the happiest place on Earth on the West Coast, and you are broadcasting from your basement, and Connor is still MIA. Basement's a pretty so, happy place. There's bikes down here. There's guitars. There's right, no good. children. They're not allowed down here. All right. Well, we are the gentlemen from iFanboy, and that's a place where we like comic books. And every week we read a set. I want to refer to each other like we're in Congress. The chair recognizes yes. <laughs> the gentleman from Northport. Uh, one of us picks our favorite book, and we call that the pick of the week. Uh, then we'll come here and we'll talk about that book, the other books. We'll talk about some other fun stuff that's going on in the world of comics. Uh, maybe read some of your emails. We're just going to have a good time. That's the point. Uh, but we want you to have a good time. So quick warning. We're going to talk about what happened in the comic books. So uh, there might be spoilers, so be careful. Uh, it's a review show, so we need to talk about them. Uh, but that said, be warned. Josh, you had the pick. Go for it. Uh, thank you to the esteemed gentleman from Northport. Um, I'd like to thank everyone listening. And before I get to my comments, uh, I want to have a moment of silence. I'm done. Um, pick of the week is All Star Batman number one uh, from the team of Scott Snyder, John Romita Jr., Danny Meeky, uh, with a backup um, by um, the Declan great Shalvey De- and Jordy White. Great, De- great Declan Shalvey. It's all great at this point. Yeah. And if he gets Jordy Colorado. Did, did you say Jordy White? I may have. Did you did you just make to. a hybrid of Jordy Belair and Dean White and one one Uber Voltron colorist? I was looking at the color. I was looking at the cover. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> I totally did that, but unintentionally. Just my mind was like, get through it. Um, so what I liked here, um, I guess first of all, what I liked was the art. Um, it was really nice to see John Romita Jr. on something that really worked for him. Because what I find is that sometimes it doesn't. Um, and, and I, I, the other, just the, just the other day I was remembering, um, when he did Thor and I thought that was awesome. You remember when he did Thor? Uh, which time? Exactly. Yeah. But like it was, <laughs> I, I look that, that literally occurred to me. I was like, oh, that was, I like Thor. Like, and I like Thor now just fine, but I, I really, that was, that was great. And, and so I've seen him on stuff that I liked a lot, uh, since then and he's never done Batman, so this is actually kind of a big deal. And so I was really excited to read through it. And then you get to the backup, uh, you know, with Declan Shalvey doing that. And I was like, oh, this is – it looked di- – basically, the point being, it looked different and it felt different from all of the Batman books that we have been getting for quite some time, even though Scott Snyder is, is, is also writing it. I feel like he made an effort to vary his – structure his storytelling style to sort of show us a different way of doing things such to the extent that like i wasn't entirely sure i guess it is in continuity but i was like i don't even know if this is the same batman i wasn't sure if we were looking at bruce wayne in the batman costume well you could tell we are because he's got the awful new costume 
Well, at this point, I really I have what what uh, veteran comic book readers will call costume blindness. Yeah, which Ugh. is a thing I've had to develop so that I can get through books. Spider Man helped you with that, didn't he? Does he have a new costume? Well, the blue, the glowing blue spider. I'm sorry, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, choke it down. Um, yeah. But basically, you are page one. You're off running. You know, there's a Batman or his crashes through. Or actually, it doesn't happen right away. But some villains crash through the the a diner window, and they're going after Batman. And it's just like we're off and running, and we don't really know what's going on, but in the good way, not right. in the way yeah, that yeah. I read a book last week, but this happened, but this one seemed to happen before it. So what happened? Not like that. Right. <laughs> yeah, no. There, there, this this one, uh, Snyder definitely you know played with. Time jumps uh, to tell the story across. You know, like it, it thro- throws you into a uh, dramatic situation. You don't know really know what's going on, and then you see like twenty minutes ago, two hours ago. Yeah. You know, like it's kind of you know filling two weeks ago, filling you in on what's been going on um, in a really kind of nefarious, fucked up situation that Two Face has created. Yeah, and I, and I I liked that. It's I clearly extremely well planned. You know, in the way that it's all been put together and. I like Two Face. Two Face is fun. Uh, Two Face is almost more fun to me than Joker, because a he doesn't get overused too much, and b there's that really nice dichotomy between between friend and foe. Like Batman, he's like, <laughs> it's like he's the friend. Like if your friend was Batman, you'd be like, you need to stop hanging out with that guy. And he's like, I know, I know. But well, I mean, well, and we almost have that with a with a little betrayal at the end of the issue. Yeah, and and that, but he should know that's coming by now. It's like Batman's fault. So whenever, whenever, yeah. like the only time Batman makes bad decisions is when it comes to like certain things, and he always makes bad decisions when it comes to Two Face. So I liked that. I liked the sort of, um, for some reason, they were well, uh, well, well, we're well, we're not explaining what the situation was. So, so what happens is that Two Face, um, ha- you know, has created this whole network of of information gathering, uh, criminal activities, you know, gathering, you know, kind of what everybody's been up to so that he can use that against them. And in a major, um, motivation, he decides to reach out to the entire city of Gotham and say, all right, I've got shit on everyone and it's all going to go public unless you kill Batman for me. And so then basically what you have is you have a world where everybody's gunning for Batman um, and and not and not and not everyone is immune even and and also there's also a re- uh, financial reward, yeah. basically it says you know th- not only will I not release all the information but I will share with you all the money I've you know like gotten whatever and so you've you know you you have the situation where all you know h- hired mercenaries and uh, folks like that are tr- are gunning for Batman and then even the 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 average Joes in the dinery crashed into decide they want a piece of the action and even Alfred is not immune to it so. Uh, Really, uh, when I turned that when I turned that page, I was like, "Oh, Alfred, you too." Well, <laughs> I think that's how you're supposed to feel. Right? Exactly. Yeah, I know I'm being manipulated. But come on. Um, and I was like, <laughs> and I was just like, "Well, at least he's got his hand." Oh, not now. This. Yeah, I know. Now this. <laughs> well, well, just so you know, the shot of Alfred, you don't see his hand, so we don't know if he has the hand or not. But yes, <laughs> I'm just gonna assume that they were like, "All right, let's just forget yeah. the hand thing. It's fine." <laughs> but basically, you know, like it was. Uh, I had fun reading it, and uh, I don't know that I look forward to Batman all that much uh, these days. Not because it's been bad, it just, you know, I was, I feel like we were in one really long story for a while, and now, like, they're out in daylight in the middle of a cornfield or whatever, so uh, just yeah. those little things and, and bringing Ramita on, uh, it was fun, it was, and at well, the I, end of it. 
it's it's interesting because I was honestly I was surprised you picked this because you know we have had a lot of Batman over the past you know five years of Snyder and Capullo doing that great run and though that great run was comprised of like you said like all these big stories that took a long time and that sort of thing and so now that that's over a part of me was like all right Snyder go do something like I'd rather see, go do something else than Batman but uh, it, it's interesting to see this all-star Batman book is a way for him to kind of have his cake and eat it too and still have fun with the characters and tell these kind of stories. Um, but like you said, like there, it's already it felt different than the stuff he did with Capullo, just yeah. the fact that it was out in broad daylight. And it was, you know, like, and it, it, you know, like I don't get the sense that this is going to be the, the, you know, massive, you know, jaw-clenching, ongoing eight-month storyline. And, and it's not it's the, gonna... the hidden sort of like, and then the Court of Owls was actually doing the whole thing. It's just Batman yeah. versus Two-Face. Yeah, classic. Yeah, yeah. So. But, I mean, this is, I think with, I think Snyder's like, he's like Bendis with Spider-Man. He could just, he's just going to keep going. That's his guy. Right. Oh. But, um, yeah, exactly, whether, whether we like it or not. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And um and then and then of course you know there's the awesome backup by Mr. Declan Shalvey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't understand all these Batman and Robin people who are going around because I, I do. I had no idea who this person in yellow is. I mean, I do, but I don't. Yeah, yeah. That's that's exactly it. Um, but he's kind of an interesting character and a look, and he's got his thing going on. He, he's not. He's not Robin. He doesn't want to be Robin. He doesn't want to. He's made it very well, clear. He does not want to be I sidekick. I can't. I can't help. And this is my own personal bias or whatever. But both in the Ramita story and in the Shavi story, there's numerous times where Batman says, "No, he's not Robin. I'm trying a different way." Mm-hmm. And I can't help but to think of Wet Hot American Summer I'm trying to <laughs> with Chris Malone. When Chris Maloney is training Michael Showalter, it's like you have to you have to use a different way, <laughs> and then it goes into the montage. <laughs> Show me the fever, hotter and hot. Sorry. <clears throat> So every time he says that, I hear that music. So thank you for that's, that. That's fine. That's good. I don't. I thought, thought I thought the little thing about the colors was really interesting in the Shavi backup. Yeah, where where bas- yeah. where basically Batman is plotting a, a a a mood board of colors and relating to the the different uh, team members and the colors that they represent. You know, where Dick leans blue, Damian green, Barbara purple. It's like. Let me ask God. you this: Have you ever, ever? read a comic book story that was tailored because of the colorist no this is a first <laughs> this is an historic first it's a very good point jordy belair's doing this all right watch what i got here it's gonna take place in the fucking garment district it's <laughs> pretty good pretty good watch this uh, it looked good he could do batman yep he can sure do batman so good yeah. job and there you have all star right. batman number one your pick of the week for uh, this week. Yeah, yeah, and now ratings. It's time. It's time for ratings. 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 So uh, we we didn't think there were any rebirth books this week, but they they snuck one in. Uh, and we're getting we're really getting to the. I feel like we're getting to the end of the rope on these rebirth books. It's like I'm I'm waiting for you know. Uh, I didn't I didn't think Deathstroke was gonna have a rebirth book. That's what I guess I, what I'm saying. I didn't. I, I I was like, well, is this a Suicide Squad thing? No, just it's just a Deathstroke book. Just the Deathstroke book. Okay. Uh, where, where they do a really good job of explaining to you who Deathstroke is. Yep, like literally in one in one page where another guy's telling him, "Listen, you're Deathstroke. You're the you're <laughs> basically tell you know lays it all out there. So if you've never read a Deathstroke book, this will tell you what you need to know. And then again, this is one of those rebirth books that doesn't really 
reset well i don't know what was going on with deathstroke before this but it doesn't really reset things it just kind of kicks off whatever the story is going to be yeah it's like uh, a prologue it was christopher priest and and carlos oh that's the name i'm not good at that's a filipino name i believe pagalayan pagalayan um pretty good looking if not a little house like a like a, the good end of the house style let's call it that yes um, i'll go with that it was I think if I had a compliment for it, it would be that it was kind of it was it was raw. I was like, oh, that's, that's pretty hardcore. It was sort of at the vertigo end of of a DC comic book, I think, because it's a bad guy and he's he's kind of um, morally ambiguous, or if that if that that's a, even a nicer way to put it, I think, because um, he's an asshole to his kids uh, historically, as we see in this book. But he kind of wants to do a good thing. There's a little. There's a bit in here where basically, I'm not entirely sure the story, but there seems to be an African warlord dictator type, who he's chatting with at the beginning. But Deathstroke has been sent there to kill somebody who the dictator is supposed to be protecting. So they do a little backroom deal, and then he finds out that it's going wrong. Uh, and he he says, "Give me all the money in your pockets to these two guys who thought that he would have to kill him." He goes, "There now you've hired me." And I was like, "Well, that was nice of him." Then there's a reveal that he runs into his friend who's named after Gum, who's in a cave, watching VHS yeah. tapes of him of Deathstroke and his children. Weird. I fell apart on me there. I don't know if you could tell that, bit. but that's the part yeah. where I was like, "I don't, I don't, I don't know yep. what that's about." Yeah, this was. I mean, this was all right. I mean, it was. Uh, uh, it was just. I, it felt like it was setting up a story and Deathstroke with this dictator and 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 there's some some tie to the past and and Deathstroke's children and um, if you're a Deathstroke fan, it seems like you're in for a good ride. So I agree. Yeah, with that, that. That, yeah. So uh, ratings, ratings. What would you rate this? Two and a half. All right, I'd be a little more generous. I'd give it a three, just a solid three, and that it was completely unoffensive, but also not inspiring um, or uh, awful, you know? So, yeah, like two and a um, half it was. It was professional. It did the job. I mean, I'd maybe go 2.75, <laughs> but three is a little more towards I like it enough that I care. I did, I did, not, I did not like it. I know, but I don't care. So, right. I'm not, I don't want to read, like, this is the, that's the next part. I don't want to read the next part. Yeah, well, that well, that was my question. Are you going to stick with it? No, so, I, don't, no. I, don't, I don't have any interest in doing that. Yeah, I'm not going to stick with it either. So. But it would, I mean, it would have had to be an amazing. Like, it, it would have had to be like Warren Ellis <laughs> and Frank Quitely. What if, <laughs> what if it was like uh, uh, like Dave Gibbons and Kurt Busiek? I don't know. I don't know if that's enough. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, that'd have to be really good. I don't think that's – I don't <laughs> – that's another we should we should we should uh wait wait where where's jimmy the intern we should take this we should note this for when connor comes back um uh that's a good bit to do what would it take to get you to read blank comic well let me ask you this is dave gibbons a draw is yeah is, two, what, is 2016 dave gibbons a draw to a superhero book that's a good question i don't know i don't yeah. think so yeah he did green lantern for a while and we weren't all like yay that's true we that's like, true hey, yeah. dave gibbons is drawing that yeah. Yeah, that's another Green Lantern book, yeah, and he wrote yeah. it too. I like it. Oh, well, great well, guy. Did well, done great work, but you know, right? But anyway, I think that's an interesting concept. But anyway, okay. So there are your your rebirth ratings, ratings, ratings. Uh, ratings. So when do, when does this end? It's got to be over. I by thought I uh, I wrote to you, and I was like, "There's no rebirth books, right?" You know, there is. There's Deathstroke, and I was like, "Come on, 
come on, Deathstroke. Who's left? Who is left? Oh, I don't, I don't, know, don't I don't ask know, that question. I don't, I don't know obscure DC characters. If it was Marvel, I could do that. But yeah, but like, anyway, so. All right, well, moving on. Um, is Wonder Woman really up to issue 10? That's a typo. It's just number four. But very seriously, it's a problem. I'm, I, this week, I was like, I need to drop some of these books. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. like, I have to raise the level of if it's a 3.5, that might not. Only four is an up. So, but the thing that's happening with this one, which is different than all the other ones, is that there's two storylines, um, right. and every it's every other week, which is different. Which is such a that's an odd tack. I feel like that's something they did in the fifties. Right. <laughs> um, I like this end of the storyline better. Right. Than the other one. Okay. But why? It, well, a it is it really is just a, another origin retelling, and I know that you get sick of those, but I, I haven't read one in a while or something. But I don't I don't find myself terribly familiar with the background of Wonder Woman, especially since they just rewrote it from whatever it was before. And so watching them play with sort of the tonality of how they're explaining that to today's audience, I think, okay. and how they're treating the sort of themis themiscira. I can't say that word. Themiscira. themiscira. Sure, okay. Themyscira. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, how how that's being treated is kind of interesting and and I don't know. I, I I'm I'll maybe it might just be the Nicole Scott Scott art I like more. Too. Yeah. She's great. Um so if if I believe I so I did not read this because I can't keep up. Uh-huh. Um and also I'm not really interested in Wonder Woman, but from what I read on the on the Twitter, uh there's a questionable moment, isn't there? Is there? Uh, I believe so. Wasn't it? Wasn't it called into question whether uh, uh, the the line was it in Wonder Woman or was, oh no, it's in Ju- it was in Justice League. Uh, no, I believe there was. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know where yeah. I'm going? She goes to protect some people. Yes. And says, "Oh wait, I'm sorry. This is an Action Comics 961. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's what it was. But it is. But it is Wonder Woman. So let's do it now. Oh, that's so fine. I'm fine with that. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, basically, she goes to protect uh, Clark and his family. Uh, from Doomsday, and she says, "Don't worry, I have this." Interesting. I have this. A a, a very similar to I got this, mm-hmm. which uh, which by the way, had I known the Olympics were coming up, I would not have run as far with the I got this joke as we have. Well, we can't turn back <laughs> now. I know we can't. <laughs> I am... but anyway, so do, so does I have this? Is that is that okay? I'm gonna I'm gonna. I'm gonna rule a negative. It is not the oh, same. Oh wow! As I, no, no, it's not the same as I got this. Okay, cool. All because right. it is not because a I got this. It, it smacks of a, a colloquialism, a, a slang. Like the 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 wording doesn't. I have this is grammatically correct. Yep. Um. It's it's but it's also it's not the cliche. Right. It's because yeah. it's so grammatically correct that you're. It's close. It's the same. It's it's like them trying to say it without going. Well, what if we don't do that? What if we just say it like this? Um, there are instances when it, when it's appropriate and like literally, I think the reason that we see it in comics so much is that comics are built around that moment. The moment when the hero gathers up his courage and breathes in deep and is, and and is like, we're on top of this. We've got this. Right. Um, but unfortunately it's just, it's just, it's just too much. They've got, well now you, you you see it as soon as you see it all the time, you have to think of another way to do it. That's right. the, yep, exactly. That's why. That's the challenge. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I'm sorry. We deviated to action comics, that's but fine. so Wonder Woman. So Wonder Woman, uh, ten issues in. You're like you're liking this origin, basically. And yeah, I, I, I but I, I don't know why, but it makes me. I, I have to read all of them. 
But I don't want to yeah. read all. But I don't really want to read every other one. I don't know. I might have to not. See, the, see, the, see. What I was gonna say is that can you read every other one and still get away with it, or are they gonna tie together at some point? That's what I'd be worried about. They must tie together at some. But also, they, I I trust my ability to be able to follow it at that point. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I kind I, of been reading comics for a while. I know. Yeah. I, it's not. I, I, <laughs> it's not Sartre. So. It's gonna be fine. <laughs> I like Greg Rocco, but you know, let's. let's yeah. It's not what he's being hired for. I, like, but that is this is one of those bubble books. Um, it's right. like it's really pretty good, but there's like every other week or more than that, it's getting to be, it's getting to be a lot. Yeah, let's talk about Space George Lucas. <laughs> Space George Lucas, there Space, you go. <laughs> Space George Lucas over in Empress Number Five. Are you you still reading? You must be reading. I, this. I I I am still reading this. Yes. Yeah. I want to like this more than I want to like this more than I do. I understand yeah. that. I understand that. Um, I don't think I'm that far along the spectrum as you. Okay. Because I, I mean, when you combine, hang on, time out. What spectrum are we talking about here? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I like it. I don't love it like I want to, but I, I, I'm not quite at the point of being disappointed. How's okay, that? I'm not sense? disappointed, but I want to like it more. Like I love the idea. Well, first I love me. Yeah. Stuart Eminem, and I, I do love me some Mark Miller, um, and I love the idea of a sweeping space opera. But there's something about this that is just off a beat for some reason, and I know, and I can't put my finger. I was trying to think about. It, I can't put my finger on it. I don't know if it's just the issues are too short, or there's too much, uh, you know, alien stuff or whatever. But it just like I feel like I'm like oh, I want to love this, and I don't, and I don't know why. Okay, I I, got this? I think you're you right, this? and I think. I'm not going to start doing that, ironically. That's not going to happen. Um, I think you're right. And I think I'm in a little denial about it because I really want to like it because it is Stuart Eminem doing, yeah. you know, just top flight Stuart Eminem. I, I think we, we're we finding no fault with him. Am I no, correct? No. It would, be impo- it would be impossible to. I don't think I've ever seen a Stuart Eminem book and be like, oh, yep. he really phoned this one in. Because he couldn't. Because I've seen books where he just uses like three lines and it's Amazing. like, oh, you, yeah. still, you still have it. Um I think it might it, there's a it's missing a it's missing something it's missing the pop it's missing the the next thing and, and honestly, it might be honestly, a little I bit think it's missing it's missing like the heart from Starlight maybe maybe you know like that like like and I get the sense that it's the you know the family and they're on the run and the guys protecting them but I haven't latched on to a character that I love so I don't think anything has changed with the characterization since we started. Yep. So the characters are all who they were. We haven't learned a new thing about them. Right. The, the, I, I'm really interested in I, the concept of the sort of um, dark side character, yeah. the father going after them and them being the children of that. I, I, I'm guessing that this will read a lot better in trade. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Because it is super fast paced. So when you get to the end of the issue, it doesn't feel like much has happened because they gave them all the all the room to play inside these set pieces basically and it really is going from one place to another to another which doesn't feel a whole lot different than black science right yeah it's true yeah i don't know i just all the pieces are there it's well done i agree with you i think you're right it looks gorgeous it's really wonderful but it's um uh yeah something's a little short so Mm -hmm. um so moving on back when the first issue of the series came out i was off so i missed the show so i didn't get a chance to talk about it but i've been waiting for the moment that the flintstones number two shipped um, have you read either the first or second issue of this? I'm going to go ahead and, and say I probably don't need to answer. Holy that shit, you. you've got to read this, dude. 
You have got to read this. Read more. I'm pretty sure. I, Why? I believe, Why do I need to I read believe, this? I want to make sure, but I believe it's the same writer who wrote Prez. Really? Yes. <laughs> I'm looking that up right now. Oh. Um, uh, but um, I'm pretty sure it's the same writer. And um, it's turned into at first at first it was at the first issue i was just like what the fuck is this this is just like it's a weird modernization of the um yeah mark russell same writer mark russell <laughs> um it's it's basically i mean if you remember the flintstones so it's part of the whole hanna-barbera relaunch i i i I remember okay, the Flintstones. But we, we got some millennials who listen. They might not know. They're, we we live in a world where some kids have not seen the Flintstones, by the way, which is scary. Fair which enough. Which is very scary. But they don't know that it was on every single day. Like numerous times. For our whole childhood. And at that point, it was t- 20 years yeah, old. Yeah, it was great. But so the Flintstones basically took the Honeymooners con- conceit, which is two couples, and w- the main couple being with a loud, boisterous husband, um, and put it into the, into the cavemen time. And they had all the modern conveniences, but it was all with a caveman twist. So they had a record player, but it was a, a bird that with a beak went on the record, and it, and that that's how the music played. And, it's a yeah, exactly. So all like whereas Wacky Races was fucking weird and like whatever, and Scooby Doo's got a got a got emoji and and emoticons and 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 that's right, and a hipster hipster shaggy, Flintstones really all it is. It's a modern updating of that concept, and it has also become a scathing commentary on our society. And this whole issue, huh. this whole issue, basically, a mall opens in Bedrock, and it's a new thing that the new trend is everybody's buying crap, and it's stuff you don't need, but everybody wants it, and it becomes this like Fight Club esque discourse on like owning things. Steve Pugh, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. It's like I'm actually gonna go as far to say Flintstones is pretty great. It's like, what a what a nice thing to I hear. Know. And there's a couple of weird things. Like they changed. Um, you know how Fred and Barney were in the the, the they were in the lodge with the hats. Well, the water, the water buffalo. buffalo right? Lodge of the Order of the White. Right, water so buffalo. They, they've changed that to it's like a VFW hall where they're veterans of the Paleolithic Wars. So it's like a veterans club. They still wear the hats, but it's like we, you know, and then and like so Fred needs more money so Wilma can buy crap at the mall. So Fred and Barney take on a gig selling vitamins door to door and it's the pyramid scheme and Fred gets screwed. And, and it's just like and, and it is like, I mean, yes, it's weird and it's it, and it's caveman era. And there's a lot of kind of like eye rolling kind of references and and relations to now. But it's like I was like, damn, this is some social commentary going on here. <laughs> So, yeah. Uh, so yeah. So who knew the Flintstones actually would be pretty good? So, and of course, sexy Wilma. Sexy, sexy. Well, and oh, I shouldn't say it, but sexy. Uh, what's the sexy? Snow, Betty. younger. Oh no! <laughs> well, they're older. The kids oh. are older. <laughs> right. um, well, what is her name? Not I can't Bam. remember. There's Bam Bam, Bam and and oh, what is her name? Pe- no. Is it Pebbles? No. Yeah, Pebbles, Pebbles. That's what it is. Pebbles. That's right. So, um, no, but Pebbles and Bam Bam are like teens. It's like when they go to the mall, Pebbles goes right to the record store, and there's a guy with a with a uh, you know they, they they're selling you know records on slates and that sort of thing, and she's in and her hair's all kind of you know uh, wacky and punk kind of thing, and they're they're like all right, and in the background there's like Steve Pooh. There you go. There's vague like there's a um, 
offshoot of the Vel- uh, uh, Velvet Underground record, but instead of a banana, it's a pineapple. And I can see I can see mm-hmm. a Sex Pistols, and the the record store uh, clerk is wearing a, a a pot like Devo, and it says it says Devonian and Devo. But yeah, so anyway, foot, well, foot stones, right. There you go. So, um, all right, you know what? What's up? You can you can awesome. yeah, check it when out. you started this. I thought there's no way whatever you say. Now I'm kind of interested. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, um, uh, yeah, who knew? Uh, so, yeah, I, so as I'm going through the books, a lot of books came out. I'm getting kind of harsh on anything with the Civil War II title on it, and I'm going to talk about that later in the show, I think. But, um, yes. but I did notice uh, this one book called uh, The Accused, uh, issue number one by Mark Guggenheim with art by uh, Ramon Box, um, Ramon Box and Gary Brown. Um, and aside from uh, sharing the title of a Jodie Foster movie from the 80s, um, this focuses on Daredevil as the, uh, the prosecutor of Clint Barton. And so I, 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 Civil War 2-4 came out when I was off the show. You guys didn't – did you guys talk about it? I don't remember. Okay, yes. so you know that Clint Barton got, was acquitted of the murder of Bruce Banner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually why I didn't yeah. read this. Well, I, it, was well for, it was just out of annoyance. Here's, here's the nice little thing that they like to they like to do. If you're into the Civil War II storyline, you probably should read this book because this book outlines the fact that um, you know it's the whole legal stuff. They explain why Matt Murdock is their lawyer. Remember, I called that out. Like, why is he the lawyer? Um, they go through the whole trial, and basically, Murdock discovers it's a conspiracy to ensure the fact that. Barton is found guilty, right? And and he he talks to the defense attorney and he figures out like what what's going on. Um, and he breaks into the office, the government office of the woman who hired him for it. And as Daredevil, he listens to a conversation. And basically, this is all the motivation for them to bring back the Superhero Registration Act. So while Civil War Two is not about superhero registration, guess what? It is. <laughs> And and what's great is that he's listening to the conversation, and he says, you know, the the the, the there's generals and bureaucrats, and says they're getting ready to pass SRA two, and the general says SRA two, and they said short for super superhuman registration act two, and then the general goes, I just thought they could have come up with a more imaginative name, like it's like in the comic, <laughs> like this is okay. so if you're deep into this, that's that's funny because they're talking about civil exactly. war exactly. Yes, that's what I mean. That's so, um, but anyway, I thought that was a pretty big piece of the Civil War puzzle, and who knows how big whether it goes anywhere. But this could end up being a impactful book from the the great the greater storyline. Other than that, it was fine. It was, you know. Hmm. So I thought that was interesting. All right. Yep. The, the, there you go. Yeah, we, you said you're going to bring it up later. So uh, let's talk a little bit about about support. All right. We need some. Support. We all need some support sometimes. We all need someone to lean on. <laughs> ifanboy.com slash support uh, is where you can go for that. And there you're going to find a link to Amazon.com. And if you click through on that link, actually, I believe it's actually a picture. Actually, that's ifanboy.com slash Amazon, which also works. Yep. You click on that, and it'll send you over to Amazon. You'll see in the little code, there's a little bit up there in the URL that says you're there through us. And when that happens, that whatever you put in your cart and whatever you buy from there, uh, we get a cut of that. Uh, and it doesn't cost you anything. It doesn't cost anything extra. And it's actually a huge part of uh, how we support the show. So keep doing that. And if you haven't started doing that, do that more. I know there are other shows who also have this kind of thing. Don't use their links, though. Use our link is my message. I'm saying uh, put us ahead of them because we're better. <laughs> well, or you like us. <laughs> ah, 
<laughs> well, if we if you like us more, then we are we're better. I guess you could also use a needs based system. Like, do we do who needs it? We need it, and we're better. <laughs> so you should use our Amazon link. And and I haven't ordered anything from Amazon in about a week. All right. And I'm starting to get twitchy. Because <laughs> <laughs> it. Oh, oh, the oh the UPS truck is here. Oh, thank God the UPS is truck here. Oh, I have a thing. Because like, you like to get a thing, right? And then you can sell that stuff and buy some everyone other stuff. Likes to, every, it's a good time. Everyone likes to get a thing. We all like stuff. No. There you go. <laughs> no one doesn't like to get stuff. Yeah, my God, the Flintstones is so precious. <laughs> exactly. There it is. <laughs> uh, you can also, uh, of course, become a patron. And you're going to, you're already, you were already starting to see the benefits of uh, the extremely wonderful and dedicated patrons who have come to uh, patreon.com slash ifanboy. Um, and and there uh, you can decide on, upon a level of support that you would like to contribute to to this show. Basically, if you like this thing, uh, you can you can pay some towards it. Yeah. Uh, because that's how uh, the entertainment economy works now, and it it, uh, it does all sorts of good things for us. Keeps us motivated, keeps us going, but also will bring you rewards uh, based on that that those goals getting higher and higher. Um, we are up through we're over the thousand dollar goal, yeah, so which we is are, the monthly we hangout. Currently, we, we've got over we've got two hundred fifteen patrons, and we're at uh, a little over twelve hundred. Um, and so we've got $800 to go to our next goal, uh, which will uh, re- will bring back the iFanboy uh, special edition T-shirts. So nice. Yep. Um, so the T-shirts are coming up, but now we've we'll, we're gonna have details on the on the hangout. We're gonna get that. Uh, summer's been it's a busy time. A lot of travel. A lot of travel. Uh, lot of travel. The, before that, we're bringing back uh, booksplodes and talksplodes. Yeah. Uh, we're I'm gonna I'll let you know what that uh, first talksplode is gonna be yeah. at the end of the show. You're gonna have that. Um, and I guess I guess that's all, and it's kind of amazing. It's been wonderful to watch that, and thank you. Uh, it's a big impetus for us to uh, make sure we're keeping up with the show and also produce yeah, more. Yeah, it helps 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 everything keep running uh, smoothly, and make sure Josh shows up every week. So there you go. Totally, because I mean, at the end of the day, right? Let's be honest. It's all about that money, yo. <laughs> yeah. All right. So moving on, vision number ten. Nearly pick of the week. Nearly pick of the week, huh? Nearly pick of the week. Really, really good. I don't know if I had anything else to say about it that we didn't say about it the last time it was pick of the week. Right. Um, but it's just like Tom King keeps amping up what is happening. And basically at the end of the last issue, like he Vision did bad things. And now we find out that the Avengers basically have them under house arrest. And they're all just like, everything is fine. Everything's going to be. It is the most simmering like commentary on what I see is like suburban parenthood and just sort of yep. like being stuck in this place. And it is so cold and grim and, uh, but also really, really human at the same time. Yep. And so the end bit where, where he, uh, he makes his move is, is pretty shocking. I do. I have, I don't know. I don't know what you do with the vision after this. I don't know why they let him do this after they introduced the vision in the movies, but it's great. Yeah. It continues to be great. And, and Walta's art is great. Uh, it's yeah, this just... is a nice little bit of inspired run that you hope to see in this land of of weekly, weekly yep. shipping and rotating creative teams and things like that. So when it all when it all ends, this is going to be a great like, single volume that you can hand to somebody, which is all you know, which is the best thing that we can hope for with these comics. So yeah, yeah, and it's great. It, it actually fits though because the vision's always been weird, yep. and 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 uh, so so it's sort of continuing in that, but also giving us something new. It's very cool. Um, speaking of weird. <laughs> Still, have you? Are you reading New Superman? I did say, yeah, New Superman uh, number one impressed me so much that I read number two, and and uh, I enjoyed it a, a lot. This is an—I don't know why this exists. Uh, yeah, 
and not in a, not in a bad way. I'm just like, really, you're doing this? Yeah. Awesome, go for it. I want to see everything that you throw everything at me right now. This Elseworlds Chinese Superman, it's not, but it's uh, not an Elseworlds. No, I know. It just it explores those same kind of yeah, themes. Yeah, so Ch- China is China is building their own Justice League China, which they totally would do. And um, as, you know, as we found out in the first issue, we um, they they recruited a young bully teenager to be the new Superman, and and he fi- he trains with the with the Chinese Batman and Wonder Woman, and his powers get drained. And they don't know why, and turns out it's because he he needs to, he needs sunlight. He needs he needs solar mm-hmm. power, and um, and then he proceeds to out himself on <laughs> to the media. <laughs> it is fun that he's got the he's he's just got no control yeah. over what he says. He's completely impulse driven. There's this gag that goes on throughout it that he's got these silly glasses that he can't take off, and they they zap him all the time, yeah. which is funny. Um, uh, it, it's great. I mean, it, and he keeps calling he keeps calling Batman. Yeah, Batman, yeah, because because the Batman's a little is, girthy. Um, and and the thing is that it flows with energy and positivity that I that I know Gene uh, uh, Gene can write um, and, the, and it just and it it just kind of explode each page explodes with that enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there is also there is still a, there's a raw edge at the bottom yeah, of it yeah, though. Yeah, like we're just like, ooh, that's. Yeah. That's kind of rough. And yeah, and and um, Gene Luen Yang and and Victor Bogdanovich on on art. I mean, they, this is like we were saying that um, you know he just needed a a good artist to kind of balance the, the the kind of approach he takes. And I think he's got it with with Bogdanovich. It's just like I I really like this book a lot. So yeah, it's uh, again it's something interesting yeah. in that in that sea of things that although you know what other than releasing issues every twelve minutes, DC is. A lot more interesting things on the table than they had. Previously well, speaking had. of that, or did you read Superwoman number one? I did okay, not. Well, I've never read a Superwoman book in my go, life. Well, there's, there's never. I don't think there's ever been a Superwoman book before, or Supergirl. Any of well, the because you're a misogynist. But um, the, I'm just. I'm kidding. You're not. You're not a misogynist. You're an okay guy. You're, neither of us are allowed to make that call. I probably <laughs> right, am. True. Anyway, but um, yeah. So this is uh, Superwoman number one, and it's written by Phil Jimenez. Um, and drawn by him as well too, which is awesome. And uh, talk about doing interesting stuff. This might have been one of them. This this might have. If I was doing the pick of the week, this if if I was choosing the pick this week and Flintstones hadn't come out, this might have been my pick of the week. Uh, Wait, so you're saying that Flintstones was your? It pick might of have. Week. I could have made a case. I think, <laughs> but huh. um, but uh, this was really interesting because um, what it is is uh, Lois. One thing, there's one overarching thing is that I'm not a big fan of the whole Superman universe. Uh, you know, like it's never been my favorite, and it seems right now they've got a a lot of people running around with the S on their chest, right? You got. Yeah, you got yeah, you got yeah. new old Superman. You got Lex Luthor. You got this Chinese Superman. There's just a lot of S's going on, and this adds more S's to the mix in that um, the new Fifty Two Lois Lane has powers now and is being Superwoman, and she's got a very almost uh, Frank Quitely All Star Superman S kind of costume, and um, she's you know making her you know she's making her presence known in Gotham, and she's blurring her face so that nobody knows that it's Lois Lane, and turns out in her corner is that she's got Lana Lang helping her out. 
um, which was really interesting. And, 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 and there's um, a great sequence of Lois, of Lana helping Lois use, like, train to use her powers, much like she did Clark in this new 52 universe. Um, and th- then there's a big event on an aircraft carrier, and something goes wrong, and Lex shows up, but his suit doesn't work. And so Lois appears, but she can't do it by herself. And then, bam, turns out Lana Lang has powers, but she's got electric red Superman powers. And so now there are two superwomen, and there's this great sequence of them fighting together and doing the whole thing, and, and you get the flashbacks, and you understand how she got the powers and all this sort of stuff. And then at the very end of the issue, Lois Lane dies, which, is, which I did not see coming. I was like, wow, way to introduce this whole paradigm and then immediately take out one half of it. So the, the superwoman on the cover of this issue is dead. Well, now no one has to read it. Well, no, no, but now, but so now, now the story is about Lana Lang as the Red Electric Superwoman, and it's really compelling, and I might stick with it. So, well, all right yeah, then. So good stuff. Um, and then finally, did you read Scarlet Witch? No, it's one of the ones I dropped off. All right. Of. Well, who drew it? Who drew it? Um, Joelle Jones. She's she's good, good except for the fact that um, it's got the Civil War two tie in. And it's just an entire issue of Scarlet Witch talking to Quicksilver with Quicksilver telling her she's got to choose a side and her saying that she doesn't want to. That's it. And this is this is the case of, you know, somebody like James Robinson has been doing a great thing on Scarlet Witch with each of these one and done kind of issues. And then this crossover mm-hmm. comes in and just jams this right into it. And, you know, sure, we get a little we get a little, you know, with with no more mutants and we get a little all kind of, you know, that, you know, that, you know, the the references to the past. But um, uh, it, this this issue just totally goes off the the beat of the series up to this point, and ultimately we get three pages of Quicksilver recapping Civil War two, um, and t- explaining what's going on in case you weren't reading it, and then it basically ends with um, Scarlet Witch. Day. <laughs> You're gonna grab all those people who weren't reading Marvel proper but were stuck on Scarlet yeah. Witch, and then. Um, those don't and exist. then Scarlet Witch confronts Quicksilver and tells him that she, that he's a sociopath and he's not not good for her and that she never wants to see him again, and that's how it ends. And so it's just like it's like oh this is a good series, beautiful art, but just like just don't ram the dumb crossover down the throat of a book that's going on a good like imagine if they did this division, if Vision number ten had a Civil War two tie-in. How would you- it's amazing that it yeah. hasn't. It felt like it was touching it, but it kind of didn't. Yeah, so. Anyway, so that was Scarlet. But that said, Joel Jones is beautiful. James Robinson writes a great comic. It's just I hate to see it have to, you know, participate, really. So, Okay. Um, you know what we get to go to now? Star Wars Corner. Star Wars Corner. Oh, wait a minute. Wait. Before we go to Star Wars, we got to go back to Empress. Empress also had it. I got this. Yeah. De- that doesn't It had a deviation, me. though. It's where the woman, the woman asked, um, Ship, you got this? And somebody says, yeah, he, it's got it. So, anyway, there you go. Yeah, yeah, it's a variation. It's a variation, yeah. So at least they're trying to do something different. All right, this is now this is the second to last issue of Darth yep. Vader, which is our favorite Star Wars. No, I don't. I'm, we're not going to. We're not willing to say. No, that. Star Wars is my favorite. It's a great Star Wars book, though. It's a great. It's it's a, we I, we've pressed this in, but it is so much more interesting than you would think it should yeah. be. At all, uh, although this issue was largely composed of flashbacks. And dream sequency hallucinations from episode three, yes. <laughs> Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> well, good. Yeah, so I, what uh, happens is that the silo guy has taken control of Vader's cybernetics and basically shut him down, or so he thinks. 
And so Vader's robot robotics aren't functioning. So he's just sitting there, and we get to see what's going on in Vader's head, which uh, where he where he replays the the you were the chosen one end of episode three. <laughs> it brings up a lot of bad feelings. A lot of bad feelings. A lot. Like you flip it, and I see Hayden Christensen there, just like, ah, ah, ah. I just. I, I will give Kieran Gillen credit for going there. You have yeah. to. I think if you're him, you yep. own it. Yep. They're saying this is it. You go, okay, fine. We're going there. I have experience killing children. He well, says. Well, well, this is this is what's interesting about this is that so he he invaders mind. He's reliving this moment and. He fall and and basically he wishes that uh, Obi Wan had just killed him, and so in this in this kind of fantasy, Obi Wan throws what's left of Anakin's body into the lava and emerges Vader, and then Vader kills Obi Wan, a little revenge, and then young Anakin is there and confronts Vader, and Vader fights himself and wins, and then uh, finally we get Natalie Portman. Uh, who's pleading with him to uh, stay with her and to you know to not give in and. Eddie. Yep, and he uh, he chokes her in his fantasy, and then he comes back to life in the real world, uh, overcoming the cybernetics being uh, shut down, and basically says uh, nothing is impossible with the Force. So it was dramatic. It, I gotta be honest, despite seeing dumb Anakin, it was dramatic. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not gonna say I enjoyed it, but I was like, what is happening here? I liked the end yeah. too. I like I like the credit that he's given to this Doctor Afra character that she can go into the Emperor's throne yeah, room. Yeah, b- balls on this chick, right? Right, gotta like her. Very good, very very good. She's fun. So uh, yeah, so moving on, uh, the patrons uh, get to pick a book. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, if you go to Patreon.com/ifanboy and pledge any amount, you become one of the loyal patrons. And every week, you can vote for a book you'd like to like us to discuss on the show. And this week, honestly, we had I think the highest number of patrons participating, which was great to see. Um, and we had a lot of books uh, submitted, but ultimately, the the number one book that was requested by the patrons was Black Monday Murders uh, by Jonathan Hickman and Tom Coker. Tom Coker. Yeah. Two M's in Tom. Yes. Um, so uh, this was great that they picked it because I think we probably would have talked about it anyway. Um, but uh, also not great that they picked it because we had to read 52 pages of comics. Which is, it, was, it, was like a, it was a graphic novel thickness. <laughs> it was quite robust. Quite robust. Uh, what did you think of it, Josh? I think I'm not a Hickman fan. Oh, I loved it. I know you yeah. are. I just it's it's I mean it's the same it's it feels like all the other Hickman books that I read yeah. where I'm I can recognize this is very good. This is intelligent. Uh this is going to take forever. <laughs> and I don't know that I want to invest that amount of well, time. Well so l- 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 to go over the premise of the book. Um okay, why don't you it, do that? It basically it's basically uh it's hovering in and around the financial markets. <laughs> Like the stock market and things like that, which I thought was really interesting because every major crash of the stock market, the U.S. stock market, has occurred in October. Which is interesting. That's very fascinating. did not know Really interesting. And so Hickman's taken that little nugget and built upon it where there's some sort of cult group that is controlling the financial market. And there are different positions on the board, right? There are different roles. It's always a group of four. And – 
And what we get is we get a flashback to 1929, to the market crash in 1929, the start of the Depression, and then we jump to today in 2016 where there's been a murder where one of the people who's on the board has been murdered, and what does that now mean for both this group as well as the, the market now? Um, really dense, uh, uh, several pages of text explaining things and giving you history, um, but done in a really creative way. Um, and did you, did you read all the text pieces, Josh, or did you skip them? No. Oh, okay. Well, you missed that. I mean, I skimmed them and I and I got it, but it was just like well, I got the point early on. No, no, but there was a really, really interesting text piece uh, that was a proposal for a website. Did you read that one? No, I don't uh, think. Maybe it was very late. Ba- basically, it was. Um, uh, it's not hard. You just got to read comics. Um, basically, what it was is that it was a. Um, it was a proposal from you know you're reading some sort of email or you're reading some sort of thing from one person to another where somebody is outlining the idea of I want to build a website that is basically Snopes that is debunking uh, um, urban legends and myths and things like that. I did and read it, that. Yeah, and, yeah, it's, and it's, it's tied to the it's tied to the the urban legend that on the day of the stock market crash in 1929, stockbrokers were jumping off buildings in New York City because they didn't want to deal with the repercussions, and that actually turned out to be a complete urban legend, or so we think, because um, it, it was Winston Churchill who happened to be in New York on that day and witnessed that, but turned out it was a window washer who worked at the hotel who fell off the scaffolding, you know, and so it got all twisted. But what Hickman is positing is that this group. Is is controlling these urban legends to set what the public belie- perceives to be true, and the whole proposal says let's make a website where we catalog all of these urban legends and we debunk them and we get experts and we'll be totally um, you know the the source of this, and then we will seed the falsehoods that we want to seed and no one will question it because we are trusted so much, and it's just God that's nefarious. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, so I don't know. I just think the, the, the manipul- manipulation of the public, the idea of a conspiracy going on underneath our noses, uh, this character, this, uh, this, this, this detective, this detective Dumas, um, who is, is investigating the murder seemed really compelling. Um, I don't know. I just, it, it just great. This great as, as a good Hickman book does, it just grabbed me and I can't wait for the next one. So I, I finished it. All right. Well, not for you, man. <laughs> it's, I don't know. I just I feel like oh we're gonna be in here and everything is gonna be horrible. No, I don't think it was all horrible. Like, that's, I, think, I didn't get a horrible. No, it's every no everybody in the book is horrible. I don't know about that. Like there's nobody to. It's all just. It's cold. It is, cold. It it is, is very cold. There's not. Uh, that's the thing about these books. I think that never grabs me is that there's not. A, there's nothing fun about it at all, well, and it doesn't have to be. But for me, like the comics are really. Like I, I've, I don't know. It, 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 there's, there wasn't anything that grabbed me. I was like, this is totally impressive and it's really well done. And I'm sure that this is for somebody, but is it's not for me. The only thing that worried me about it is that the weird group that's controlling everything seems to have some sort of symbolic language. And there was a couple of uh, moments where people talked in that language. And for a moment, I was like, oh, don't be a demon. Please don't be. Please don't mm. be some sort of supernatural force. Uh, well, it looks like a demon skull on the yeah, cover. Yeah, I know. So well, time will tell as to whether that happens or not. I'll be very disappointed. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Is there a fun Hickman book? Manhattan Projects. Yeah, I guess you're right. But even, though, but even everybody well, everybody in that is a shit. Well, no, but that's the, that's the thing. And we ta- I've talked about this for years is that I, I love Hickman's work. I think it's great, but he definitely lacks – I always say he lacks heart, but he lacks the emotional heart that like a Jason Aaron has or you know like or a, a Vaughn has you know like he's he is very he is cold and clinical and cerebral 
um, and there's not a lot of room for you know warm and fuzzies in that world. So, I think you might yeah. be right. All right. Well, those are the books that we enjoyed this week and the, the, the one book that you, the patrons, picked that you want us to talk about. So uh, you can go to ifanboy.com and comment on this post. Tell people what you thought of the books. Um, and then be sure, if you are a patron next week, to stay tuned. Uh, keep an eye on Patreon or keep an eye on our Twitter uh, to vote for a book next week. So. Uh, I will read this first one because I didn't want to do that okay. to you at the beginning. I appreciate it. <laughs> Nate from West Covina, California, not far from where you are. Oh, really? I have no idea where I am. Um, I'm not entirely sure where you are, yeah. but I think I know where you're. You're you're in the OC. I, I am in the OC. So, don't call it that. <laughs> I am Krikrubreep from several dimensions over. I recently inhabited the body of one Nathaniel of West Covina, California. Our time streams are unaligned. I've been thinking about this question for only a moment, but in your dimension, I've pondered it since the before the stars shone in the night sky. It's not my aesthetic, but I got to give him credit for yeah. the effort. Um, <laughs> <I> like. <laughs> my question is this. If comic book art analysis were a college course, what comics books would be part of its required reading? How does one become adept at comic art analysis, uh, i.e. Josh's? That's my statement that an artist, whether he's ready or not ready, um, or do you have tips in general? Um, All right. So And, and yeah, so, so we've talked about this a lot. What is, and what is the, what is the syllabus? Question. Yeah. Um. Kirby Eisner Eisner for sure well, Eisner, well I think Kirby. I think if you go it depends on how de- I mean are you talking about I mean if this is analysis I mean, so we don't really have to worry that much about history so we don't need to go way back to you know to the the pre Superman Batman era of comic strips and things like that um, but in terms of comic book structure definitely Eisner let's, and Kirby yeah if you're doing that yeah let's focus on structure not so much design okay Storytelling. Yes. We'll say we'll say storytelling is our is our, our way okay. to go. So, I mean, I, Eisner, which is also like you know what design is also part of storytelling too, but not so much character design. Right. I'd say. Um, after Kirby, I mean, you got to go get Ditko. Yep. We skipped the fifties. I mean, there's not, mu- there's not, there's not in much there. in the fifties, though. I mean, honestly, it's it's. I, and, and the thing is, you can't do too much. I mean, I definitely think you do Eisner yeah. and Kirby to represent that er- those early years, and then Kirby, Ditko, um, Neil Adams in the sixties, right? Well, Neil Adams is, is like the the next one after yep. that after them, like say sixties, early seventies in there. Um, and then you go back to Kirby in the seventies. <laughs> yeah, you got you hit Kirby, but I, if anything, like I would say, I would say that. If you went with anything in the fifties, it would be like a either like a a, a Kurtzman. Yeah, kind you of, go the EC route. Yeah, I think you go an EC route, or maybe like Kaniger, or just to show that kind of thing that was happening then, because it's really good work. It was you know very photorealistic, and then when they get to the sixties, they they sort of turn up the cartooniness a, a little more. Or if you could even go with like DC kind of stuff from the fifties, yeah. and then and, and then you um, probably I mean, and then the seventies you can touch upon you know like. Carlin or um, you know the, the, that that crowd, Burn. you know, like the the uh, Burn, yeah, but, uh, 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 Cock, um, Cochran, uh, who's Cochran? the no, Cochran, Dave, like uh, who's the who's the X Men guy from the era before Burn? Um, Cochran, that's Cochran. Yeah, 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 he, he was very. Brief, um, those are all mainstream things. Yeah. So we're 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 our our area of expertise is mainstream superhero we are comics. Right, yeah. Um, but then then I say you got to jump you got to jump to the eighties and you go to Watchmen and you go to Dark Knight. You know, Miller, Miller yeah, 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 all that sort of stuff. And then I think then you jump into the nineties and you got McFarlane and you've got um, you know like I mean I, yeah I mean this you can't, you can't I mean this it. it's hard it's hard for this to be 
Please. It's hard for this to become this. This easily becomes a history lesson, which is what I'm trying to steer it away from. Sure. And more as going back to what you said, but back to the question, Josh. How do you know when an artist is ready or not ready? You know. Well, that's a, that's actually a different is, thing. Yeah. I think that there's a level that's really hard to say because it really that really is one of those subjective things. But there is a level of craft, meaning the ability to tell that story, to lay out a page in a compelling and clear way. Yep. And then a level of polish on their draftsmanship, right. meaning it looks right. right. Like the arms are the right length, the heads are in the right places and the right size. The you know the the if I was using Gabe Hardman's sort of like like everything goes from left to right. Uh, the the important things are in the front. The less important things are in the back. You know, um, it's all of those things, and it really is. You know it when you see it a little bit. Yep. This person, it looks professional. It's it's like well, I mean, I think I, th- I think this, it's a combination of it's a combination of of anatomy and figure drawing, right? And 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 um, you know the way they represent the characters. It's a combination of their approach to layouts and storytelling, um, and then it's a kind of uh, synchronicity that happens from the art along with the word balloons, along with the whole total, total package that gets the story mm-hmm. across. And you know, and it's tough because when you're an artist, to be told that you're not ready yet is like the worst thing you can ever hear but there are things like we we talk about and joke about now but like whether it's left panel stacking or tangents or you know and you know and, and tangents is the thing where you know a um a, a, an element of the drawing lines up linearly with another element because it's just easy to do that you know where where like where like the you know um spider-man swinging a web and the web happens to be perpendicular to the building you know, like, it, yeah. the, 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 and, and you get you, there are artists like Eric Larson recently went crazy on Facebook identifying tangents and talking about it. But even Mike Norton and other, you know, I've had conversations with people about this. You know, like the the the, the tangent uh, presence in comics. Once you see it, it's like it's kind of like I got this. You can't not see it. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, um, but it's funny because there's been so much. Yeah. Over time, that it's it's impossible to hit it all. Because well, that's and that's and that, yeah, that's the thing. Not only has there been so much over time, but there've been so many variations and so many people doing different things. Yeah. Where there are really great artists who have shit anatomy, you know, who are, where, where there are artists who are cartooning. Uh, Jerry Conway. Yeah, yeah. Like it's beautiful, and so the thing is, there's exceptions to all those those rules. Like your anatomy has to be it has to be believable right. as opposed to realistic. If that makes sense, it has to look like it works. Right. In your way, um, a, flu- a fluidity, a fluidity. All right, yeah. yeah, like a great red, example. It's a great yeah. example. Yeah. So, you know, he's got a thing going on, and 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 where that stuff comes from. So, if you look at somebody like David Aja, oh. he's got his own style. Nobody else can do. They try, but nobody else can do that style. But that also came from somewhere, and that somewhere probably wasn't right necessarily super comics, superhero comics that came before right. it. It could have been all sorts of things. It could have been, you know, you could look at, you could easily look at, um. What was the book from a few years ago that we all loved about the architect? About the architect. Um, oh, it was the it was the indie book. Um, oh, Asterius Polyp. Asterius Polyp. Dave Vasicelli, who who did who yeah. did amazing mainstream comic uh, superhero book with uh, Batman Year One with Frank Miller, and then mm-hmm. Asterius Polyp, you know, 30, 20, 30 years later rolls on, and and that is very simplistic line drawing cartooning that is just fucking amazing, and we all and do you remember we all mm-hmm. raved and loved it. And then um, late great Darren Cook goes, oh yeah, you like that? And then does a sequence in Parker that blows it away, 
right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it's it's you know, like I, I love the I love the progression of work of the really dialed in artists who are challenged by other artists' work, um, and you get the great you get great results out of it. And we're totally. But you could do, yeah, you could do a mini seminar on Mazzucchelli. Yeah. You could do one. You could do one on Eminent. I mean, that guy. Yeah. You know, this is how you tell a story. That's how you do it. There's, and there's, I mean, there's so many guys. Um, Darwin. Exactly. Um, Ramita or Ramita and Ramita Jr. Like, that'd be a neat sort of like, look how that goes. Yeah. Um, it's fun to talk about. That'd be a great class. Yeah, it would be. It would be a lot of fun. And probably, probably somebody with, with more focus or knowledge could teach you than, than us. (laughs) Yeah. An artist. Yeah, exactly. Perhaps a professional comic book yeah. editor. Uh, we are gonna <laughs> we're gonna wrap it up. If you want to write in, it's contact at ifanboy.com. Let us know who you are, where you're from, and of course, in what capacity and length you have been thinking about this question. Right. Which, by right. the way, the consistency on that is just we applaud. You've got you've all it, got really, this. You, you got I this. Yeah, totally. You got this. So excellent. Uh, uh, any other podcast? So uh, the the last big superhero movie of the summer came out last week, and me and Mike Romo braved the theaters and saw Suicide Squad and talked about it on the podcast. Um, I promise you, there there is much yelling than during the Batman v, uh, v Superman podcast. Uh, but I'll just we'll tease it with this: Mike Romo was insulted. So think about that. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, so you can go to ifanboy.com. It's up, up on the post and it's in the feed. You can go back and download it and check that out and share in the discourse about Suicide Squad. But we've got more podcasts, don't we? Yes, we do. Uh, this week coming up, um, unless something horrible happens, uh, you will have a conversation with myself and the uh, creative and domestic team of uh, Gabriel Hardman and Karina Becco. Um who are doing Invisible Republic. That, that is our, and first, done that, that is our first official new Talksplode, right? Yes, it is. Yes, awesome. it is. That Talksplode. So we talked for over an hour. Uh, that'll be coming out. Lots of stuff. Not as much on craft as you would think, but uh, you are going to hear some of Gabe's opinions. Uh, which is what, <laughs> what, what I hope for. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Also, if you like hearing us talk, go over to goodfellasminute.com and you can hear us talk about uh, Goodfellas split up minute by minute. Each episode is one minute, 146 yeah. of those, and, and it will be there. If you like the other, if you like the the format of Goodfellas Minute, go to moviesbyminute.com, um, and there there you can find Star Wars Minute, Goodfellas Minute, as well as all the other um, all the other podcasts that talk in the minute format. It's moviesbyminutes.com. So, and I I recorded on the Back to the Future Minute. I don't know when it's coming out, but uh, I did uh, I did a minute for that. That was a lot of fun, and I was also recently on um, Star uh, Star Wars uh, Star Wars Minute Weekend Edition, which was a blast. Where I talked a lot about star wars uh and disney at, at the various disney world disneyland parks so you would you would have to be in a star wars minute patient yes you would to uh, access that program you should though. so and you should be that um so there you go uh, ron where's where's all, this? all everything all the great shows are at ifanboy.com uh go to go to ifanboy.com where you can find the post for the show and leave a comment tell us what you thought of the books or of anything or uh any topic we want to hear the, the the discourse is great um and you can find links to all the other previous podcasts that came out there if you're on the social media you can follow us at facebook.com slash ifanboy and on twitter at ifanboy and you can follow us individually i am at ron xo josh is at j flanagan and uh connor is supposedly at cs kilpatrick and if you hear from connor Please tell him to call us. We do we know nope, nothing. We don't. Yep. All right, fair enough. That must My be nice for him. My only thought is that the mission did not go well, and and there's nothing we can do about it. Nothing, nothing we can do. do. He's gone. <laughs> <laughs>
if you like this show, uh, you can obviously go and write us a review on iTunes because um, that always helps. The more we get, um, we still bother the Around Comics guys about it from nah, time to which time. Which is great. <laughs> I don't know. Most of you people listening don't even know what we're talking about. But at one time, there was a reviews arms race. Um, Then they quit. But we were always ahead, so it didn't really matter. But it's still there. Um, uh, that that is super helpful and, and thank you everybody does that or better yet just uh, keep keep it out there keep uh, sending the links to the shows or uh, when people ask about what shows they should listen to we always see when, when you say oh we like iFanboy or I've listened to iFanboy for forever um, keep that up we really appreciate it um, and that is that is our best marketing and advertising uh, by far yeah. so so do that more and that'll, that'll do. do it so uh, until next week uh, when hopefully it will cool down because it's really hot uh, it's so hot so hot, hot. Uh, I'm Ron. I'm hot. I'm hot. That's what I am. It's very, it's very it's human. Hot. Bye. <laughs>